Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Benchtown TV. This is Jim, and I'm here with Luke, Brian, and Dave, and we are finally here. The Last Kingdom rookies have made it to season four, and we're all caught up and ready for the final season. Previously, we covered the pilot, seasons one, two, and three, and interviewed Alexander Viam, who played Kiart in The Cruel. You can find all of our prior episodes on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on now, or you can check us out at BenchtownTV.com. We've also gotten the question from a lot of our listeners, will we be covering season five? And you bet your ass we are. For season five, we'll be dropping regular deep dives of the episodes two at a time. And we'll probably drop one episode for the finale, right, homies? If you want to follow along, please hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of those episodes. If you're listening to us on the day the episode drops, that means today is the day season five is here. This episode is the perfect preview episode before you get your binge on now. With that out of the way, rookies, what do you guys think of season four? Also, start it off real quick. I <laughs> it's absolutely, always yeah. it off. And he always there's, says that fucking line. I'll yeah, start us off here. There's a pause, <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, I guess I'll start us off. So um, it was obviously amazing. This show has been above and beyond expectations. Every single character is just, I get so attached to. And especially in this season, too, a lot of the characters that I maybe didn't like for a lot of the season, kind of in their last moments, had a change of heart and kind of made me have a change of heart on them. But overall season four was incredible. Each season has gotten better and better. I think for me, this and season three are like real close for me, but loved every second of it and can't wait to discuss. I'll go next. Um, This season was awesome. I have almost no complaints about it. I think um, all of my favorite characters pretty much shined and, uh, and every single new character we can debate that, I guess, but I, I loved a lot of the new characters that they introduced here. And luckily, a lot of them lived. The tension was amazing. Like they constantly were still killing characters. The plot mm-hmm. twists towards the end were fucking awesome. And I just thought to end season four, too, we got one of the most epic Uhtred speeches and one of the most epic Uhtred moments about him finally showing signs of connecting Danes and Saxons, just how this whole series is meant to be. Uh, there's just so much to unpack here. I could literally talk about this season forever. I don't know if where I would rank it compared to the other seasons. All I, I think it's basically just season two, three, four, a tiny little gap, and then season one. I pretty much yep. consider two, three, four just all near perfection, just absolutely amazing. The politics really stepped it up in this season, and Dave knows I love that shit, and I think they did that really well. And there was such a good click moment where the whole map is finally like cemented. I always know where major cities are. Like all of that's good. Like season four, it lived up to the hype. And Jesus, man, I can't believe we're gonna get some. We're be, we're gonna be able to talk to Jimmy with full information now, so he can't full be info. Uh, holding his breath when we start throwing out some crazy theories. Yep. No more spoiler alerts. Yeah, and that brings us to me. I mean, season four, more of the same. They keep coming at us with the same formula. Take care of one major plot point in the first four episodes, introduce another and kind of resolve that in the next four episode. And I just keep eating this recipe up. It's so good. Uh, Luke, like you said, they weren't afraid to kill off more characters. Uh, The new characters really stepped up to the plate. I fell in love with Edith immediately. I thought I just gravitated to that character. She was a great introduction. Um, I have never been more annoyed with kind of the the strife between Uhtred and Ethelflaed. That was like really bothering me early going in the season. We dealt with our last Danish leader. We have a new Danish leader who I got a lot of opinions on. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. Luke, like you said, I think it is all kind of just pointing us towards season five and Uhtred 
kind of just fulfilling his destiny of bridging the gap between Danes and Saxons. And if we saw that season five preview, it might lead us back to Bevenberg. All right. So I kind of want to start this one off hot. Okay. Hot and heavy. We had a lot to say about him in the last podcast episode. And I was very interested after hearing what you said to hear what you thought about him after this season. King Edward. What did you guys think about King Edward in season four after we talked so much about how we thought he was going to perfectly follow in his father's footsteps and he seemed wise among his years for being so young and and the ethling to Alfred? I think he was probably the most polarizing character of this season. And I mean that probably for two reasons, like one among fans, I'm sure a lot of people hated him and some people liked what he had going on. I think he had a couple of highs, but most of it was bad. I think I walked away from season four liking him significantly less than what I thought I was after season three ending when he was kind of awesome. Yeah. But right. How I stand right now is I just I don't like him that much. I think he got carried by Utrid a lot. And even Ethelfled, his sister, was way more of an MVP than he was. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it's just interesting because we talked about how he pretty much made the right decisions in season three. Mm-hmm. Everything he did was correct in the way for Uhtred's trajectory and everything that we would say for rooting for Uhtred. Now, we thought that he seemed like he was going to be ready to be the new king based on season three. And that's kind of what we talked about. But they came in straight up in season four and was like, He's a problem. He's inexperienced. He can't make up his mind. And then it went on from the first episode all the way to the 10th episode. We had such high praise for him at the end of season three. And like Luke, I will agree that the first probably like eight episodes of this season, I was definitely upset at how he turned out. I will make a case, though, that in season three, at least Alfred was there to kind of guide him oh, much yeah. better than Ethel Helm. Mm-hmm. And because his father was gone at like after the end of season three, he was looking for someone who he could trust and take advice from. And it just so happened to be Ethel Helm, which was obviously a terrible choice for him. He obviously realizes that in the end, but obviously started off way down for the first start of the season. And then towards the end, he came back up a little bit. Like the, the fact that he denied Uhtred the troops and imprisoned his sisters, like that's just so fucked up, especially how much being blood means to people in this era, you know? So I was definitely down bad on Edward, but I'm happy to see that all these events have made him mature and he was kind of able to start making those right decisions towards the end. So my opinion is that as far as a boy king goes, given the circumstances, he's doing pretty well. In the beginning of the season, everybody in the castle, everybody in Winchester uh, was at his throat saying, you got to go help the Mercians. You got to go help the Mercians. And then Aylesworth and Ethelfled plotted behind his back to force his hand. I don't know if I'm in the minority in thinking that he wasn't completely unwise and sticking to his guts and standing pat in Wessex in Winchester. And as it turned out, uh, the Danes did invade from the West when he left, given that he stayed in Mercia probably longer than he should have. I think that he was put in a horrible situation by Ethelfled and Aylesworth, and I don't attribute that to him. It's Ethelred that left Mercia completely undefended and trust Airdwolf. He, it's not, it shouldn't fall on the King of Wessex to bail him out. 
that's on Ethelred, who still had an army. It was just in fucking East Anglia. So I don't hold that against Edward. And then everything that happened subsequent that can be held against him was how he kind of treated uh, the siege at Winchester when he was trying to take it back from Sigtrigir. And that is where I hold him at fault. But at the same time, he's an 18 year old with his two male heirs from two different wives, both of whom he has feelings for. So that would be a child showing his age. Uh, So I do fault him for that. But at the same time, at the end of the day, he did commit to the siege and made the bargain for Udrid and got them back peacefully and didn't set everything aflame. He kind of handled it well in the end. So I don't understand the 100% Edward hate personally. I think he's doing well for his age. And if there's a time skip, I'm expecting him to be Edward the Elder, as he is remembered in history. You don't want to you don't want to downplay Ethel Helm's horrible advice and influence on him too so i'm not saying that edward deserves the blame but he did do some things that made him shitty in the eyes of the audience because of ethelhelm's in of his influence and right. so like that objectively i think we can all agree like definitely it kind of caused him to be a little bit shittier in our eyes compared to what we had last the one event that comes to mind is the sickness that is just honestly at the end of the day a tough decision for any king i don't care who you are that that is one of the events that to me stand out and i i agree completely with you b toms that he was put in a horrible position and maybe the siege could have gone a little bit better if he had not been acting so rash but a lot of the events that he fell into were just caused by like you said ales with and uh, Ethel Red, and I think he did a good job for his age. Absolutely. Uh, the one thing I really can't get over is that he disobeyed Uhtred when Uhtred was like, "Don't storm the front gate. Your men are going to die," and he just did yeah. it anyway. That that's inexcusable. Right. The siege right. was like the only real, at least for me, it was like, okay, that is blatantly your fault. Yeah, I mean, I would say that Ethel Fledge has pretty much uh, showed that she was more capable this season to me, in my opinion. Love Ethel Fledge. She is like one of my favorite characters in these kind of genre shows. I think she almost is better than Sansa Stark in I, what Sansa Stark was trying to be. Like she is just a better version of that. Yep. I and that's not that's not a yeah, that's not a reach. Yeah. I was gonna say the same exact thing. She is a better Sansa Bro, in my I mind. love Ethel Fled. I think the only thing we can really debate about if she was right or wrong is the whole conversation with Uhtred about if he should be the leader of Mercia. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. could get it both sides because even in the moment I was still like, bro, just let Uhtred do it. Kind of seems right, and that was like the only time I felt myself against Ethelfled. Yep. But long term, it was the right move because she goes up north, conquers Northumbria, right, like the last kingdom. Haha, <laughs> talk about that later, and then comes back. Like, and if she didn't do that and take over for Uhtred and convince everybody to let her pretty much be the leader, things would not be good, right? Like Wessex would still be under Dane rule, Uhtred would be in Mercia, Ethelfled would have nothing. Like all of that. I still think is a positive for Ethelfled in hindsight. So pretty much front to back, she was fucking the best growth from, from season two to season four. And to top it all off, she gets to fuck Uhtred. Like that was amazing. <laughs> what an opening to this season. Yeah. True. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Except now she can't anymore. Yep. Yeah. yeah I got to say, I don't ship them. Uh, personally, really? I, I think they bring out, they are a bad tie to have to each other like Mm -hmm. they tie each other down in a way and they they sometimes bring out the worst in each other Uhtred made some questionable decisions in her defense and he got away with them i.e against Finnan's wishes marching through the plague Mm -hmm. oh yeah okay 
dude, yeah, I was she's, she's got was cracking me up. I was so the plague. worried that because he was freaking <laughs> yeah. out so much about the plague that he was going to die from it. And I, I would have been so pissed. That was just pure comedy. Too. He's like, if anyone's shit in liquid, you're not coming. Yeah. With you here. <laughs> that was I was great. like, that's me. I'm totally hypochondriac. I would have cried if Finn went out that way and not like a in I was battle. So worried like him or Citric was going to go out that way. Yeah. But let's just talk about the introduction of Whitgar at Bebenberg. I thought it was ironic that Uhtred wasn't the one to kill his uncle. I thought that was I don't know how I feel about that still. <laughs> after all do, that. Yeah, exactly. It's like after all that, he doesn't get the kill. But I do like Whitgar's introduction. I thought he's a ruthless character and I'm excited to see what he does in season five. Uh, after seeing the trailer, I'm assuming like he'll eventually become back part of it. But uh, so pissed about Father Bianca. That was where I was going with this. Obviously, <laughs> still is my second favorite character. We'll get into that later. But fuck, man, that hit me so hard. I texted Jimmy immediately and was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I was actually I texted him too. like as we had stopped recording for season three in my head, I was like, you know, like. I should have said Father Biaka just because I liked him and I could see his character getting killed now that he doesn't really have much going for him with his wife dead and now he's not at Wessex anymore. And I was like, ah, you know what? No, he's good. And then right at the start of episode two, I was like, shit. I was so yep. mad. So rest in peace to my, one of my favorite characters of the show. That was the perfect kill because if they were going to take the uncle, um, the satisfying uncle revenge away from Uhtred, they really needed to step it up and give a reason for me to want Uhtred to get revenge on this new guy. And wow, that was perfect. And I know I keep throwing this this name um, comparison around lightly, but like this is reminding me a little bit of Ramsey Bolton, like for like the 40th <laughs> time. So many. Characters. Yeah, like he kills his dad in like an unexpected way, just yeah. takes over the the hold. And now he's a relatively powerful person. I'm sure you might still have to deal with the Scots every once in a while, but and he was, this was a good, the Bianca death was good. I didn't expect it. And as soon as it happened, I knew why Dave texted it all caps and was freaking yeah. out about this episode. I was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. But I, I was convinced that Finnan was going to die because Finnan was the one that was right Just next to back, his son. Yeah. And I'm like sitting there like, holy fuck, holy fuck. This is why Dave might've texted. Holy fuck. I'm freaking out. And then Bianca <laughs> jumped in the way. I was like, not that I, I mean, love Bianca, but you're right. He's he kind of ran his whole course. What else did he have yeah, to do yeah, besides no. give more motivation to Uhtred? Yeah, typical Last Kingdom fashion. They bring in a major, major new villain for our boy Uhtred, and now we don't see him ever again until next <laughs> yeah. season. But yep. it right in the feels, man. Right in the <laughs> feels for Bianca. I mean, I told you guys throughout the first three seasons and even the pilot when we talked about him i loved him you guys loved him he's he's our boy he's a major major father figure to utrid one of the one of the only ones he really had that he could actually say was lasting throughout his life i mean obviously he did see uh, older ragnar as a father figure but biak is a totally different father figure he had so much taken from him in season three and season four he had nothing left to lose he, he wasn't going to go on the trip he wasn't going to go on the trip guys and mm -hmm. he decided last second to do it and luke to your point when i was watching this for the first time father biaka jumps in the way and young utrid is saved but biaka gets hit in the chest right and then then our utrid goes crazy starts slicing people up finnan is trying to get utrid to leave and he's staying with Uhtred the entire time while everyone is going nuts and they're all leaving like like their orders are to. 
get to the boat, get to the boat, get to the boat. But Finnan is making sure Utra gets the boat. And in the last second, they both are jumping on that boat. I was ready for Utrid to make it and Finn and not to make it just because of how late he stayed with Utrid. I thought they were going to take someone out in that boat, too. Like, I thought someone was getting a parting shot. But now that no one died, it's even it's just serves as like a badass memory of Utrid staring him in the eye, like saying, I'm coming for you, bro. That's what I took from the moment. And because there were no yeah. casualties caused from it, badass. Yep. But I mean, it, it, it's that look in the eye. And we know that look in the eye. When that neutral gives that look in the eye, it's game over for whoever, whoever he's looking at. It's game over. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he almost caused a lot of deaths by taking that time to do mm-hmm. that. And they're all saying, get in the freaking boat. I mean, to be completely honest, they're throwing those catapult rocks at the ship and they missed Terribly. way too many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the same thing as I was watching. I was like, they just slung like six rocks and all of them missed. But this is where Finnan shined for me. I thought how he reacted with Utrid to caring for him and just being his best friend was just so heartfelt. And that bumped Finnan up so much for me in my character rankings. Um, and at the end of the day, if I... <sighs> He can be fodder like he's always on the front lines like him and Citric are always on the front lines and at any moment they could just go to any battle and one of them could die and it sucks to think that but I really hope Finnan makes it to like retirement with Uhtred at some point like they all just have land and it's just the boys you know what you said right there like that caused some of my favorite moments just how real Finnan was with Uhtred like giving them the hug and then um, the one thing he says that I thought was sweet was just how much he just embodies Uhtred's right-hand man and every goal that is Uhtred's is is his. He says, we will return with an army and batter down the gates when he's comforting Uhtred. It's like, bro, he doesn't care about anything but what Uhtred does. Like, that is mm-hmm. just the pure number two that you want. And yeah. man, that Bebenberg led to so many good moments for those two just getting closer and closer and reinforcing how they are truly brothers from that whole slave arc till now they are as close as anybody in in the show the one comparison i'll make is finnan is to utrid what zoro is to luffy just yeah <laughs> die for that man no matter what yep. would take a bullet would take torture anything just to get utrid to safety so love yeah that. and finnan is number two if that's the truth which it is citric is number three yeah and Utrid would not break down and cry in front of anybody except Finn and Ethelfled and maybe Brita and maybe Citric. Otherwise, you will never see our boy Utrid cry. Mm-hmm. And again, we don't really see him break down like and it would have been Ragnar, too. But Ragnar is obviously gone. But did you put Hild in that list? Oh, you know what? Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Actually, the, the woman who was has. too good yeah, for God yeah. alone was not in the season <laughs> at all. No, she but was. She was. She made she like, not in it once. She made it one episode. She uh, like it was one episode, and it was he invites like five her to minutes. go and help fight in Beppenberg, and she declines. And oh yes, yes. So that's that's from Winchester with Bianca, and she says no, and he says no, but then Bianca goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, so no more hill after that. One of the best lines ever is right before Bianca decides to go with Utrid. Aleswith is giving him shit, and he says to her, "Like I guess we're both." people that are staying where they're where they're no longer wanted and then he goes and has mm. the conversations with the hild where hild's actually defending her and i'm just like mm. oh shit okay i i blended that with three so there was some ownage there with yes. bianca and ales with it was amazing Hild actually yeah did defend her and said oh she's grieving and blah 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 but that bianca ownage was phenomenal i'll tell i'll tell you what i loved that i think it was episode one or two that happened it was probably one that, yeah, that one. happened but i loved it right away because 
Aylesworth was eating shit for the first two episodes. Like everyone that could have like anyone that potentially loved her, you know, was just shitting on her for her decisions. Like Ethel fled or sons. Everyone was shitting on her. I was like, this is great. Keep more of this going. And I'm upset that she's still in it, but she's, you know, she's making a change of heart slowly. She but turned still a little teeny corner. Yeah. I don't yeah, care. Oh, the teeniest of corners. Do not care corners. at all. She goes from I mean, first least favorite character to like second well, with that. Well, let's corner. just say that Ethel Stan, King Edward's bastard son, mm. is going to be in season five more grown up. And if he is a super badass like we think will be since he's being brought up by Uhtred, then you better give Els with some props. All right. Give her since those props because she kept him alive. I'm liking this combination of having he has Alfred's blood in him, but is going to be raised by Uhtred. I have some pretty high expectations with this guy. You know, he could be a warrior, but he's also been we've seen him reading books constantly throughout the season. So I think he's already developing that knowledge of and even wanting to learn more. So I think he's going to be a very powerful person. And I think even at the end of season for like the final monologue that Uhtred's giving. He's talking about Ethelstan and saying how he's going to be a big, a oh, huge yeah. role in the in the in the next like well not even just next season but just in the future. So high <laughs> expectations for this character. Uhtred's like guys, Ethelstan's going to be huge next season. Stay yeah. tuned. <laughs> yeah. He also um had that one little moment in the prison when yeah. um yeah Sig Trigger comes in and, and says, "Who am I going to take? Which one mm-hmm. should I kill?" and L fled the queen king edward's wife mm-hmm. is trying to bullshit around it so her child isn't chosen yeah, and then sig trigger is yeah. going to take both but then ethel stan jumps in and says i'm the elder brother take me can't teach that man can't That's teach bravery that. right there utri will shape that and then he's going <laughs> to give him a sword and let's fucking go now since we're definitely not going to have any talk about hills for the rest of this episode let's just say that she went back to cook them and mm-hmm. she's chilling and she's fine Mm-hmm. She's relaxing in the nunnery or whatever she built, that church she built in Cookham, because otherwise she was in the siege and we missed it because they just didn't show her. She went to Cookham. She's good. We'll mm-hmm. see her again. Did, was she in the trailer? I don't, oh, I don't so. remember. Yeah. Build? No, yeah. I don't think she was. There's no way they kill her off without us. She go, if she goes unmentioned for the rest of the series, that's that's so, BS. Right, speaking let's, of let's, unmentioned for the rest of the series, Guthrum, the one you guys wanted to know for the longest time, uh, what happened? You're talking to about Guthrid, and I'm talking about Guthrid. I yeah, care yeah, about I, both of them. Yeah. So Guthrum, you have to read yourself that is it is assumed he died of old age and I he's just not around sense. anymore. Because it's Why? been like twenty so, years. Yeah. What do you mean you have to read yourself? Like that was that's like, like it's just in the wiki for Last Kingdom and it's probably in the books or something. Okay. Yeah. So if you like look him up on the wiki, it'll say like if he's alive or deceased. Mm-hmm. And it says deceased, uh assumed to be dead based it, on old age. Okay. Now that I have a way better picture of this map in my head than when he was became a Christian and was sent away, where did he go to lead? Do we remember? Like, wasn't he made a Christian? And then he it was, was literally like a- right across the river from from Winchester, wasn't it? Between those two, I'm I would say I'm more East fine Anglia. With- okay, so he's in East Anglia. He's just a ruler of one of the little. But he, yeah, that's what he was. But he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Between those two characters, Guthrum and Guthrid, I understand Guthrum's situation not having him come back. I think in pers- retrospect, that's fine. I was just very shocked, especially with the amount of talk there was of Northumbria towards the end of the season two. I was just surprised that Gutra didn't make a an appearance. And I don't know if Jimmy, you have 
some insight on why that was or if no knowledge? Well, it's because we weren't in Northumbria much besides the very beginning when we were going for Bevenberg. But now Northumbria is going to be what season five is about. And isn't he a leader of, of a territory in Northumbria? Like, yeah, but the weirdest thing about that is he was supposed to be the king of Northumbria. And that should have meant that Edward has that kingdom because he was Alfred's guy. Mm-hmm. Like Alfred put him there, meaning you know, you're allowed to be the king as long as I control you pretty much under the Christian faith. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll find out more in the I, next season. I hope he, he makes an appearance king. next season because I did enjoy his character. He was he was a different kind of perspective, and I, I, I enjoyed him. So I think we should just continue along the vein of characters we kind of already brushed over a little bit. Let's talk about Uhtred's kids. And first, I want to talk about his son because he did play such a big part in that first montage of going to Bebenberg. Um, am I alone in hope in saying that I think that Bianca should have just let that motherfucker take the bullet? <laughs> yeah, oh, come on. That wouldn't be very Bianca of Bianca. He had to True. take that arrow. His arc was over. Turo was dead. He was he was just a body walking, man. That was his purpose was to save young Uhtred. And young Uhtred has honored that purpose, I would say, by becoming a cool monk, a dude who is faithful, but Faithful to his God and faithful to Uhtred, like one A, one B. I don't pretty much like Osfirth. him. I don't not like, as cool as Osfirth. I, mean, I definitely, definitely don't not. love him, but I, I just, think he is. On, I would say he's on the Osfirth path. I wouldn't say he's far behind. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. He's pretty much Osfirth. I just yeah. think Osfirth is cooler right now. Definitely. Yeah, he has the Osfirth drinks ale and monk. Yeah, he's baby monk, dude. Young Uhtred was an interesting character because you guys were bringing it up before about. Um, talking about Ethel Stan being interesting for season five because Ethel Stan is Alfred's blood, but raised by Uhtred. And it's kind of the opposite here with young Uhtred, where it's Uhtred's blood, but raised by Alfred, quote unquote, Christians, you know, whatever you want to say, but pretty much raised how Alfred wanted him to be raised. And he came out exactly how Alfred would have liked him to come out. And to Uhtred's detriment, you know, it wasn't great to start, but they're good at the end of the season. To his credit, I think right from the get-go, when Uhtred assigned him the mission to like infiltrate Bebenberg, he showed his worth and that he was very capable, even like before he got to spend time with Uhtred. He's good. He's fine. I don't love him, but I, I just think he gets so overshadowed by the sister because I think Stiora is awesome. Do you yeah, disagree? she rocks. Oh, no. You no, no, okay, I agree. Okay. I agree. Yeah. Stiora's way better. But that's you know, because she was also pro Uhtred from the beginning like mm-hmm. always saw him for the yeah, man that he she's was the Dane. yeah and i didn't like young Uhtred at first either you know obviously the fact that he was just so into his religion over his own blood annoyed me to a lot but you just got to be around Uhtred to understand like if Aylesworth was around Uhtred more she would understand which she's she was towards the end but if you the more exposure you get to Uhtred the more understanding you get of his actions and why he's such a noble and great leader and by the yeah. end of the season, I would say I liked him just a flat, a flat like. And Finn yeah, has I a mean, great conversation that instills that exact yes, that was message great. into him. Yep. When when Finn's like on the boat, I mean, yeah, they're like on the boat, and he's like, "Bro, you gotta realize, like, Uhtred's the freaking man. Like, mm-hmm. you gotta respect his past as a warrior, and you'll you'll grow to love him." Yeah, Bianca did the same thing. Bianca said a few times to him, like, "Listen." I understand you have your faith and so do I. And Uhtred might not follow that, but he's one of the best men I ever kn- I've ever i never known. And mm-hmm. it, hilariously, another 
knock on ales with that the line towards the end of the season when she's like, my husband saw the greatest things from Utrid and she's talking to Pure League in front of Utrid. Pure League's like, dude, we all saw it. You're the only one who didn't see it. <laughs> that, Father, Pure, League. Pure League is a beast too. We want to talk about him in a little bit. Now that Father Biak is no longer with us, I hope he kind of steps into that to that monk following Utrid role. Well, that seems was like kind he of, has. Yeah, I forget the conversation. I think Utrid kind of gave him a nod that said, Pure League, you're you're his guy now. You are to Edward what Bayaka was to Alfred. Like, know that that is your place now. And mm-hmm. it's a great honor. And I think Pierre League is going to advise him very well and has advised him very well. And he kind of uh, went to Wales on the order of Aylesworth. And then when she tried to get him to go around King Edward again, he was just like, listen, I'm not going around the king ever again. <laughs> like, that's... Not for you, not for anybody else. Like I'm for King Edward. Um, And I do actually want to segue that into the Welshmen because they played a pretty big role throughout the season. I like how Ireland and Wales are slowly just getting mentioned more and more. It feels so organic, too, because this is how it would be. They're distant areas. Eventually, they're going to make their way. Even like, yeah, like the Scots attacking Bebenberg like they were mentioned throughout a little bit and same with the the Irishmen and the Welsh it's just so good how organically they started expanding the scope I wonder how historically accurate all of this is like the timing but either way it just works so well for the show I love mm-hmm. how Finnan in that one scene uh I forget when it was when he's mentioning the Irish his brothers he's mm-hmm. just like yeah we Irishmen like we don't go down without a, a, a big yeah. fight you know I love that <laughs> So yeah, he was talking about Irish a sick trigger during this during the siege. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can use the Welsh to kind of transition us back to Canute and Breda, who were our Danes in the beginning boo. of the season. Uh, yeah, boo, both of them, obviously. I mean, Breda, oh my gosh, I wish she would like turn the needle to just be in the positive, but she is incapable of doing it. Just when she <laughs> makes like a small step forward like it's 15 steps back she makes a mountain out of every tiny molehill that utra does and misinterprets it to like the worst possible degree that she can in her head and i resent her for that and it seems like season five is all going to revolve around her trying to take revenge for him barely doing that much personally to her in this season it's like maddening he literally well, saved her life, and that's the problem for her. I get it. You you went through some shit, and it was awful. And yes, it was very, very, very awful. But you're really going to fault Utra for standing there with somebody that you've known your whole life, best friend slash lover at one point, and you say, kill me, and he's like, sorry, I can't do it. You really think that's worth what we're going to see in season five where she's going after his kids and trying to kill him, and she was doing it in season four, too. It's it's ridiculous. Thank God that you were all on the same page. I was going to accept zero yeah. devil's advocate points here. <laughs> fuck all that. That's Dude, Brita me. is the bottom of the barrel, man. What the fuck? That's usually me, and Brita is so awful. I just... Uhtred had two chances to kill her and passed up. The second time, I was like, Dude, you should have just done it. I get she was pregnant, but she literally says... I'm going to raise this person to hate everyone in the goddamn world. Like, you better kill me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, perfect reasoning, Brita. Let's go. Take your death. And he doesn't do it. I'm like, and now, of course, she's going to be the main villain of season five. So she hopefully has... she's dealt with quickly and then we can move on to Bebenberg quickly. But I don't think that's going to be the case. She's been around since season one. It's going to be a deep thing and it's going to go on for, I think, a majority of the season. 
Along that vein, do we see a resolution between Uhtred and Breda joining forces to go north and conquer the last kingdom in the name of Edward? Well, Breda would never I mean, ever be down for that. I think Breda's dead next season, personally. I, I think, think so, that. too. I think she's dead, too. And I would hope that he could talk her back into some kind of his, her senses. But the trailer doesn't give us any kind of optimism on that. No, it's making me very confident that she is going to be as anti Uhtred as anybody in the world. Heston's mm-hmm. still around too, right? Yeah, Heston's Heston still alive. Is still well. And he's got a nice uh he's got a nice Uhtred haircut apparently I saw online. He's got the the shaved sides of his head. Okay. Looking so, fresh. Yep. Let's let's just cover a couple quick things about Brita though cuz then we can move on from her because there was a lot that happened to her before this ending confrontation with Uhtred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the only thing I'll say about her is she is a great warrior. Like she she's a badass. Was she holding is holding it yeah. down in every battle that she's been in. She became cruel and like unmerciful to the worst degree after her being enslaved. But like in the beginning, like when she was just with Canute and before she knew that Canute betrayed Ragnar, she was kind of mm-hmm. just like a badass. And I, I like yeah. all that because that's her character. But my God, man, like it's, interesting that they really leaned into the whole killing of the curse of last season with Dory and then get instantly having her get pregnant with Canute's kid. But me and Dave were talking about this earlier. The other kids weren't Brita's, right? Yeah, that was my mistake. I told what other kids? Were, but the redheads? No, 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 they're not. Yeah. No, no, the redheads were yeah. before Brita. That's what I thought. I just wanted to clear that up because I didn't, mm. I wasn't 100% until right now. Either way, they weren't Brita's, but they were Canute's right. and I don't want to go away from Brita without me saying my feelings on Canute, which is mm-hmm. I thought he was a very poorly written character. He was touted as supposedly a Dane that was a little bit smarter than the Danes that we had seen before, a little bit more cautious and careful and like a tactician. And then when he heard that his son had been beheaded, like not capped. Well, I guess his one other one was still captive. Um, he he just completely abandoned his tactical advantage over Uhtred. Like he was in the driver's seat. Like, yeah, he had the Saxon kingdoms on the ropes, and then he just abandoned it to pursue them in an open field where they it just easily got trashed. I thought that was just mm-hmm. a little bit lazy, unless they're just trying to drive home that point that none of the Danes can get over the hump because they're too hot headed. Back to Brita, she was actually the one saying, "Don't." Get too hot headed. We have the position. We have the the best spot. They will come to us. We are not leaving this camp. And Canute was like, nope, I'm the leader. We're going. And now she's the emotional one that's going to let her hatred for Uchra drive everything. It's so crazy. Like this, this continuation of you're right. Like all the Danes are being shown to like basically anytime they have a the good odds, they're the favorites. They do something stupid because of their emotions and it just causes them to just that's their downfall. And I do like that, that, that battle where Canute actually ended up dying because again, last kingdom shows how excellent it is at, at the realism of war. Like that would have been a legit tactic that they could have used that swung a, a difference in army sizes was having that like gap there and expecting oh, yeah. that. And that, that was, that felt really, that felt real because in my opinion, going into that battle, I thought the Danes were supposed to be like two to one, three to one in mm-hmm. army size, but that whole advantage changed everything. And it's all because of Uhtred, always. They do a really good job in the battle sequences of showing like the fear in the opposing army's eyes like when they fall into the trap. Mm-hmm. Like They always show the leader start to realize that the odds are slowly turning against them and that they ain't going to win. 
That was like a little battle of the bastards moment for Canute, right? He's under everybody. Yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit less intense, but you know. <laughs> his death was very satisfying. I just having Uhtred utter the last words like your kids are going to grow old without you. Whatever he said there was really badass. And I'm glad that Brita was able to hear that it was Canute the whole time, not just Ethelwald that was plotting against Ragnar. So they got their justice there. His death, I will agree, B. Toms, he was probably, he is one of the more lazy kind of Dane characters written, but thankfully it's rebounded into hopefully a greatly written Dane mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Um, Did so, he go to Valhalla? I don't remember. If Canute no, had the weapon. no, he didn't have the weapon. Because remember, uh, Brita it took away. it and stabbed yeah. him with it and yeah. then yes. kicked the other yes, weapon yes, away. Yes. And yeah, Uhtred's line is badass because he tells Knut, your heirs are alive. And then mm-hmm. Knut looks at him like, oh my gosh, really? They're alive? And he's like, yeah, but they, they won't ever see their father again. And then Brita comes in and just takes care of him. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay, so I have a note specifically about the end of that episode because that's episode four. Mm-hmm. And I know, Brian, you already said, like, usually around four, episode four or five every season, there's a mini climax it's of the one v ones are always episode four exactly the 1v1s. And, yeah i love it i keep that trend going Dude, i like the moment episode four ends it was arguably one of the most pure happy endings of a singular episode i didn't want to watch episode five because canute got his ass beat there were no deaths except for stiapa and i don't care about stiapa yeah. but it also kept the tension there of making main characters die so that's just good writing Edward's crying, and I was kind of happy about that. And then mm-hmm. Ethelred got a traumatic brain injury. That was just like, fuck <laughs> yes. Like yeah. all across yeah, the board. Yeah, that's the wow. end of season four. We can transition. I was like, bro, let's go. Yeah, Put a pause that's... in it. Happy ending. Yeah, let's talk about that because we were all probably the same way, Jimmy, even for your first time. Just seeing Ethelred come out of that injury, or I was pissed that he was alive after the injury, but to see the damage that he'd taken at the start of episode five was very satisfying because fuck Ethelred. Him and young Uhtred were the characters that I was talking about at the beginning of this episode where I was saying, you know, there was a lot of bad characters that I didn't like who towards the end kind of made me like them. And I'm not going to say I liked Ethelred by any means, but the brain injury, he had his memories lost for a little bit, so he wasn't sure what kind of person he was. And you could have molded him into a better person, uh, he got killed by Airwolf, which I'm still fine with at the end of the day. But it was it was no, great was to see. So him. satisfying. Yeah, I don't so, care. I yeah. wanted the slow, yeah, so I mean, happy. terrible death like that. Yeah, yeah. Ethelred at parts seemed like he was starting to like be remorseful, but then at the same time would say other shit to Ethel Fled and just yeah. be like, "Sorry, bruh. I don't mm-hmm. care." And then he's still Ethelred. I mean, if he would have recovered, he would have been Ethelred. So he would have got his memories just, back. Yeah, yeah. Just been a dick again. I think it was it was amazing to watch all that. And the way he treated I'm a I'm a coin this now. My girl Edith was just <laughs> unacceptable. I'm putting it on the board. I I'm fucking love Ethel, her. I'm Ethel Fled. She I looks think. exactly like Jane Chatwin, aka Thank you. Rose okay. from Game of Thrones. She, like, she does. I will give that credit. I was thinking that the Look, entire time. Yeah. Oh my god, I fuck I could write a book on her. I thought she was awesome because she was such like a independent like free thinker she wasn't tied down by her blood and like her random loyalties to religion she 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 had a conversation with utrid later in the season saying like when i whenever i think of religion i never really see signs like my god's not really doing much for me and then she also goes against her brother all the time when she realized that he's morally wrong she just says all these key moments for me that i thought man i wanted her I want her to be part of the squad. She's in the next trailer, so fuck yeah. And then also I ship the fuck out of her and Finn in. Oh, my God. I will, I will, there my is a little bit of tension with yes. her and Osfirth. So that fuck was my that. comment, Jimmy, was 
the first kind of feelings that she experiences to me was when her and Osferth are looking over Aelflynn and mm-hmm. Osferth looks at her kind of like gives a smile like okay this chick's kind of cool and then it, it was weird to me when Finnan and her became a thing which I'm now yeah. I'm rooting for Osferth dropped the ball at the scene when she was trying to cure Aelflynn's daughter remember mm-hmm. Aelflynn yeah that's what I'm saying is that yeah. now Aethelflaed Aethelflaed's daughter yeah yeah sorry yeah. what did I say Aethelflaed's daughter Aethelflaed yeah. 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 Ethelflaed's daughter, when yeah. when she gives her the poison that questionably could cure her or whatever, that's where I cut that relationship off in my head because he didn't lean into it when he mm-hmm. totally should have. Because I also thought, hell yeah, Edith and Osforth, but now I'm oh fine my with it. God, fin- bro. Yeah, give me Finnan. Have some babies. Yep. <laughs> Do you guys have any other opinions Finan. on her? Because because I love her and I'll just keep talking about her. <laughs> it was when she she exposed Aired Wolf, her brother, for murdering Ethelred when I was just like completely on board. And then she confirmed it by I forget if it was directly to no, it was a conversation with Finnan where she said, I turned him over and I follow Uhtred because I believe in what they are trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. which just completely confirmed that she aligns with them because she shares their beliefs and their beliefs are inherently correct as far as I'm concerned in the show. So I'm all in on Edith. And like you said, Luke, it's, it's more than that. She seems to be like part of the squad camaraderie of Citric, Finnan, Osberth, and now Edith. It's great. she's, She's smart, man. She brings something different to the table that our hunk of men don't really have, except maybe Uhtred, but I think she'll bring a nice logical, perspective to the group and will be able to help them kind of calm down in certain moments and she's she taking some their ass when they're hanging from the tree man yeah get that and then she also goes into uh winchester on behalf yeah. of them like she's basically already proven her loyalty i was twice over i was so pissed it happened twice this season i think when like characters would get on their horses and leave and then the next group that was supposed to meet them there would be like right behind them so when Ethel fled and Aldhelm, they leave and then Uhtred and squad shows up and then she's not there. And they're like, Edith lied to us. I'm like, no, like you just missed her. Like it happens <laughs> yeah. twice. And I was like, come on, just get the timing down a little All bit. All you have to do is text her, call her. She'll be, she'll know yeah, you're there. Right. Yeah. I was irrationally scared at, for sick trick at that moment when their bodies are hanging upstairs. Dude, Why? I was like, what, is this going to happen like this? I think it's because he was the one struggling. He had more blood pumping to his head quicker yeah. than everyone else. Yeah. They kept saying, relax, relax, relax. Mm-hmm. I could have believed it, man. I was getting nervous. I was so nervous as well. Like, and then I would, I would have been all over Heston. Like, let's get this guy killed immediately. Real quick, let's talk about incompetence. And it's Heston all over the freaking place, man. If you want to kill Uhtred, kill Uhtred right there with a sword. My gosh. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was it's, dumb. I, I want to be the one to hang you from a tree. And you two guards, please watch them and make sure they die. And then come and tell me later. That should have worked, <laughs> though. <laughs> Yeah, I guess <laughs> it should have. But like, what? Put him yeah. in handcuffs. Have two men hold him down. Take his fucking head off, dude. Yeah. This is yeah. Uhtred we're talking about. You're just going to walk away. Leave him to an off screen death. That's what an off screen <laughs> death was in the ninth century. It's just yeah. you hang him upside down and walk away <laughs> and you just cross your fingers that that off screen death goes through. They never that, go through. That was plot armor. We'll give and it was such idea. a weird explanation for him not wanting to tell Sig Trigger either and then when Hootrid shows up Heston's like I killed him and Sig Trigger's like what and he's like I don't know I don't know <laughs> yeah no I didn't love that yeah, I kind of yeah. blanked that out in my memory 
But yeah, let's move, we can move on to Citric now. I don't have much to say about him besides that he's a homie, man. It's Finn and then him, you know, in the squad. You like his haircut? No. No, I do not <laughs> like the hair, to be honest. He was so much cooler with the hair before this season. I don't know why What's they the did difference? that. What's the difference? It's longer and parted to one side. Well, now he's thing. got a half-shaved head, like almost it's all half-shaved. the way in the middle of his head. Mm-hmm. And then there's like something and then it's yeah. half on the other side. Yeah. Wasn't crazy about it. Yeah, I agree. There's not much to say about Sick Trick. He just is steady, just solid. You know, like he's just likable. He's a badass. I mean, and he's Dutra's boy. He just doesn't ever back down. Like soon as there's a battle, you see him right in the front and he is yeah. just going nuts. Mm-hmm. Even after even after he gets cut down, he's half dead. He starts fighting the guy. Oh, and I was worried about that right too. Up. I was so worried like, get him, Sick Trick, get him. <laughs> yeah, kill him, kill him. Jumps right up. We can flip the coin though on um, Edith and just quickly talk about Aired Wolf because mm, he was obviously nice. a, he was a rat, obviously, and I like how they did make the comparison. Like I think it was Edith that called him the new Ethelwald. Like you are going to create things to be worse in the Ethelwald era, or they however they referred to it, which I thought was a cool shout out. But he was kind of the same character, and of course, fuck that guy. And I'm glad he got his justice in the end. But um. Just another greedy character. I think we just wanted a little bit too much. And that's why Edith was so good to, like as a character for me is because she was always warning him about stepping too far and wouldn't be able to handle this stuff. And he obviously got she, she warned him and he got his justice. I like that. Everybody called him ass liquor and yeah, then he like, deserved it. The whole arc where he was dealing with Ethelred, he finally faced the music and told him that he gave him the bad information to go to East Anglia and leave Mercia undefended. And Ethelred essentially said, I'm going to deal with you when we go F these Vikings up and I'm going to come back and I'm going to cut off your balls in the middle of the square or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just like walking up to this room. Like, how am I going to face this guy post battle? And then he gets stretchered in with like a huge chunk out of his skull and says, he doesn't remember at everything. And just like the look of relief on this dude's head, <laughs> getting dealt the best hand he could possibly be dealt. Oh my gosh. It was perfect. He was a scumbag. And I mean, he was, he was a good cockroach character, always looking after himself and nobody else and just survive, survive, survive. Mm-hmm. And then he finally ran into a Danish higher up in Sig trigger who didn't care for his bullshit. He, and he got him. what he deserved. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, let me ask you a question. Did he own him because he saw who he was, which yes, that's the truth. So I'm answering it for myself or <laughs> though, was it because he was trying to kill his girl because he loves Diora? That is definitely a part of it. And it became very obvious towards the end when we found out that Sig Trigger wanted Stiora the whole like that was a yeah. big part of the prize for him. That creates a new weakness for him now because that was the thing that made him so strong was that he didn't have children. He didn't yeah. have a wife. I'm curious to see if they will bring this up in season five, if they will be a couple, how that will affect him going into battle. For the sake of his character, I hope he just views her more as like a friend kind of thing for me personally. But I am interested to see no, if they love her. I ship them so hard yeah. and I don't know if she's going to be. I mean, she'll be a weakness in the sense that any love interest is a weakness, but she's going to be a warrior queen. He seems Hell like yeah. a rational yeah. warrior king. They're going to be a powerful duo up north, and it seems like they're on stable terms with Wessex, too. Full speed ahead. I ship them hard, actually. Me I too. think they're I agree. Be really good together. Last podcast episode, I had mentioned somehow Uhtred, how he's supposed to be the one to tie 
Saxons and Danes, whatever. I thought it would be Brita being that connection within the Danes that would maybe tie them all together. Now I'm definitely thinking it's going to be his daughter and with Sig Trigger I, with Sig Trigger. And because they've already have this longstanding piece, like they he says in the at the very end, he's like, this seems like a legitimate tr- truce now. And I think she will be a key role in unifying the Saxons and Danes now. Yeah. And Brita will definitely get the axe in next season. So I don't want to completely step away without saying my piece on um Airdwolf. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um he felt to me honestly like the most not like unengaging part of the storyline. Like it just felt like he was recycled. He I a shittier I even, version of Ethelwald. A shittier version of Ethelwald or even a shittier version of young Otta. Like I know he got yeah. farther in the process than young Otta did, but I still felt like maybe it was just because it was season one, it was fresher to me and young Otta like that kind of saxon was was still new to the show but this he felt like a little bit of a recycled archetype i would say i guess the best thing he brought was his sister that's all i'm saying yeah <laughs> now let me ask you guys all this goes down brian was talking about how he's thinking it's game over he's ready to be castrated or killed <laughs> not great options he sees mm-hmm. ethel red half dead he's living the dream baby now he's hearing that he's going to be the next leader of Mercia. Did you guys think that was going to actually go through or did you think shit was going to hit the fan on that plot too? Because I thought it was a pretty cool twist that it just seemed like he was doing everything wrong. Everything was going against him. He was the opposite of what you want as the leader. And then Edward picks him. Did you think that was going to go through or did you think it was, it was going to fall apart? I mean, it did go through. Technically, right? I I know then the wooden did. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. Go through with it. So, truth be told, I wasn't going to accept it until I saw the coronation crown on his head, and then we got through a week of it. I wasn't even contemplating like him as a king because he was so unkingly. Like I I rejected that idea to my core, so I didn't really take it seriously. And I guess my gut was right because it never did go throughs, and I'm I'm glad it didn't. And yeah, what an idiot for taking the ring after killing Ethelred. You were literally uh, doing it because you know you're about to be the king of Mercia and killing Ethelred allows that to happen because Ethelred was saying no, no, no. And you decide now to take his ring? What a dumbass. Didn't even need it. It's not like you Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're about to be the king of Mercia. You don't need his ring. You don't need it. I mean, they show him a million times just like looting throughout the show on dead bodies and stuff. That's true. So I guess that makes it a little better, but no, it's still it, stupid as shit. It was stupid because they started showing him looting dead bodies after he started, like he took the ring. Yeah, but so I think that's like, because that was part of his like personality. Yeah, but it's still, it was definitely lame. Once they offered him as the ruler of mercy, I was like, look at this character design. Like, there's just no way that this schlup is going to be and king of mercy. How did he? I couldn't figure out what he was doing to Ethel red to kill him was he just letting him bleed or was he like pushing on the concussion yeah he was squeezing the bandage that was basically squeezing his head and his injury so it was bleeding him out slash just like squeezing his freaking brain probably that was probably had like a cracked skull or something he was just like constricting it like a watermelon dude there's not really much that makes me like go oh shit like in cringe and stuff but that was freaking me out yeah no i totally agree and b times i guess as a residential doctor I, I totally thought that Ethelred was going to make a full recovery if he were to be left to recover because of the injury. Is that like a likely thing? If you get a really bad concussion like that, you just kind of bleed out and die. 
I'm well, not was, even sure if most people bleed externally from a concussion. It's usually, yeah, yeah. I, I, as I understand it, it's your brain internally hitting against your skull, like very minorly. That dude had a gash on the, that was more than a concussion. They that literally was like the showing. worst concussion ever. Plus chunky your skull. Skulls. Yeah. Plus missing skull. skull. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. literally kept showing that his head was not stopping bleeding. Oh, it was like a pool. The entire yeah. every scene. Yeah. I was so it was a cracked skull or whatever however you want to say. Yeah. The only credit I'll give Ethelred is that after he did fall, he still did manage to come up and kill a couple guys, which was impressive. Yeah. Definitely. Not but, that he remembered it, but yeah, not that <laughs> yeah, he remembered yeah. it at all. But he did his he did his best. Yeah. So we have Ethelred dying. Then we have maybe Erdwolf taking over. That shit hits the fan. So now we we already talked about the struggle of figuring out who comes next. And during this entire thing, the sickness comes in. And we talked about it for a second earlier about how it was funny seeing Finn and freak out about it. There are some crazy scenes like when they're running away from Airwolf's men when they're about to get caught and they see all the dead bodies in the lake. And I was really, really hoping one of our homies wasn't going to get sick from just like being that close. Mm -hmm. But it was a it was an interesting plot line to have in a show like this, because back then, I mean, the sickness could have just been like, what? I mean, are we saying it's it was like a plague, but it could have been like comparing it to COVID, was- essentially <laughs> black, the black death. Like, it's just it's so they're not comparable. No, <laughs> I mean, if we didn't have medicine, like how devastating could COVID have been? You know, but, but what I really liked here is how it seemed fairly accurate, how they were handling the situations like when they were, you know, I think it was Finnan would point out occasionally like the smell of burning bodies. You could just smell it for miles. And that's how you could tell that the sickness was approaching. I like that aspect of it. And just get your mind thinking about it. if you just didn't have technology, you're standing two feet away from a person who is plagued with this and you're just breathing on you and you have no concept that you're going to get this sickness from them. It's just crazy to me just thinking about that. Thankfully, the only character that got it was someone I don't care about. Yes, so we I was good. thankful about that as well. I, I knew Luke someone doesn't care about children. Apparently, nah, man, he I didn't don't. care about young Uhtred getting killed. <laughs> What's going on here, man? I actually That's... requested young Uhtred to have gotten <laughs> yeah, killed on behalf of Bianca. <laughs> you did request it. So if and, someone's got to die from the plague, I'm okay with Elflin. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like if it had to be someone, I swear it was going to be Finnan because he was talking about it so much, and that would have been heartbreaking. I could not. Yeah, have, that would have been bad. I could have handled that. that. Like the sickness isn't resolved by the end of season four. I wonder if it'll still be well rampant in season five. I mean, they do say at the end of the season when they're talking about everything that's going well, they're saying the sickness is gone. They do say that. Okay. I just want to know like your seasonal guys. flu because they mentioned that it came. Yeah. It's like, it hasn't been here in a long time. So. Okay. But seasonal flu wanna, usually means death by like dehydration. I want to right. know what your guys' decisions would have been in King Edward's spot. Would you have let those townspeople in or would you have closed the gate on them? I want to know what each of you would have done. I personally think, I think to make yourself look good, I think you would have to let them in personally, but that might wipe out your kingdom. So I might be stupid, but I just was curious of what you guys would do. I mean, that's the thing. You don't, there's no proof that any of them were sick. They were fleeing and Mm -hmm. you have peer league, your holy advisor, I guess you want to say ails with, they were both saying open the doors. Was the Witten saying close it or open? I can't remember. The the white haired, like white haired, white beard guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was saying, he was saying close open it, right? oh, the only person the in? only person that was saying close the gate was Ethelhelm. Ethelhelm. Yeah. yeah. And he ended up listening to Ethelhelm. I think the better question, Dave, 
is not what we would do. But what do you think Alfred would have done in that situation? Let him in. I think he would have let him in. Where are we at, Pitas? Where are we at with germ theory in the year 850? <laughs> I think we're a couple honest. hundred years away from it, if I'm being honest. Not well, that I claim we to be an see, expert. We saw Finn and dump water on his hands after touching things. That was Look, like... they know it's not good, but that same <laughs> scene, someone said it's airborne. No, it's yeah. by touch. And then the other person was just like, you idiots, only sinners are yeah. afflicted by the plague <laughs> so like they don't know what the hell they're dealing with right, and that's well, okay. not letting Finnan, anybody in finnan had the presence of mind to do something that wasn't 100 incorrect by washing his hands if you will so the, the, the biggest thing here is that the biggest part of his whole siege situation and when i say siege i mean him taking over aylesburg was what was pissing everybody off but the big thing is he closed the gates to the people but then he opened them for his mom. mom. And that was kind of like, you know, the Witten was all pissed off. And that's when the Witten was like, all right, we're not down with even the guy who I can't remember his name, the white haired guy who was actually Mm -hmm. for Edward was like, all right, you're right. We screwed up. We shouldn't go with Edward. So I don't want to say if you're going to close the gate. Yeah, you better be closing that for anybody. You know, Dave, would you let Al's within? Fuck no. I'd probably shoot <laughs> arrows at her. I'd be like, all right, knock Back. loose. <laughs> <laughs> loose. They would close it exclusively because Aleswith tried. Everyone but Aleswith can come yeah. in. That's what I would do. So all Dave, right. you are team leave it open. I'm I'm open it. Yes, leave it open for the people. Uh, I'm taking a page out of my boy uh Hodor's playbook and closing that door. <laughs> I'm Hold a sinner, door. so I'm closing that door, too. <laughs> yeah, you're a sinner, Luke, dude. If it came in, you'd be dead. I'll dude, let them camp outside of the castle. Keep we'll an throw eye on bread them. at them. They'll be fine. Yeah, what do you think, Jimmy? <laughs> Did you have closed the gates, too? I don't know, to be honest. He's scared I, of germs. He's closing yeah, this you fucking are. Oh, my God. You know what? I'm I'm totally finning. I've been like, everyone get the hell out of here. <laughs> That's right, so let's, true. let's leverage so this whole true. or transition, I guess, this whole conversation into Uhtred now becoming the candidate for leader of Mercia, because this to me, even though it didn't pan, it kind of panned out how I thought it would be where it wouldn't be Uhtred, even if he was offered the position. But I felt a sense of satisfaction that Edward acknowledged like, yo, you are the guy mm-hmm. like you should be the leader here. Lead for a couple years. Then we'll relieve you. And and after everything's kind of settled down, you can go do what you want, basically. So even though like in my notes live, like I was typing this out, I was like, this is basically everything Uchi could have ever wanted. He hooks his, all of his boys up. He's not he's not under arrest at all anymore. Like he's he's a good upstanding citizens in the eyes of Edward. And like he's doing his duty and all of that's great. And I still thought he wasn't going to accept it because that would what's that going to make for good TV? There's no fucking way if he's just being king of Mercia. But either way, I was satisfied that Uhtred was being acknowledged by Alfred's son saying like, yes, you would be the best actual leader here. And, and that's people- why I disagreed with Ethel Fled a little bit, because I do think if Uhtred stayed, he wouldn't have led them wrong. But TV, you know, even the Witten was like, yeah, I mean, you everyone was vouching for him, which I love to see as well. And the people on the pod missed it because it got cut but i went on a whole tangent saying that <laughs> i really thought utrud was a great candidate the logic that everyone provided and the reasoning uh why he should be the leader of mercia you know they provided counter arguments but then they countered those counter arguments and it really was lining up to me i actually believed that he was going to be the ruler of mercia and i never even considered ethel ethel fled maybe because it, she was a woman and i didn't 
think that she would have the respect of the Witten because she was a woman. So I didn't really even consider her as a candidate. But once he said, make it Ethel Fled, I was like, that's perfect. Like Luke mm-hmm. said, it would have been not as compelling television if he was just stuck in mercy. I'm sure yeah. they could have done something, but it was definitely a way better decision that Ethel Fled be the ruler. And it sucks that she had to take that vow of, uh, what is it called? Chastity or chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. chase. Yeah, she did. She chased herself and it sucks <laughs> that her her uh, relationship with Uhtred's now done, but just leaves me open. Like, who is going to be Uhtred's lover? Like, is there someone in season five we're going to get introduced? He loves that. He loves Ethel Flynn. It'll still be there. It's just, yeah, whatever. But I, I have something I want to say, guys. I have a big, big, big question for our boy Brian here. We're going back to the pilot four episodes ago now, four podcast episodes ago now. First time you ever saw Uhtred's ass, and you said you were a little confused. You got, you, there's, there's a little bit of a wiggle down there. Tell me about how you felt this time seeing that ass. Baptizing. Oh, baptizing. No, it was fantastic. He did that. <laughs> he did the strut out in his white robes. Very pure. He just shed the robes, and there it was Uhtred's ass. Uhtred's got a nice ass. I ain't Greek no God, ifs, ands, or buts about yep. it. Well, there are some butts about it. There's one <laughs> big butt, and it's Uhtred's butt. And he got into that baptism pool. Father Peerlick didn't do him dirty like Bianca did and almost drowned the sucker. No, 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 no. Get in, get out, say your prayers. Let's get this guy up. Welcome to King of Mercia. I love that you said that because I had that in my notes, too, because we made a full conversation about this on the pilot <laughs> about how long Bianca was yeah. basically drowning Uhtred during the baptism. And he even says that, like, yo, he might have held me under there a little bit too long. So yep, that, that yep. was, he brought that I'll up. I'll be honest. I was looking for Uhtred back sack there. A little tip of the day. <laughs> <laughs> he lifted his leg up to get in. I was like, all right, we're going to see some dick. And I think we saw a shadow of one. We see a oh, shadow. So. so if there was a shadow of one, we've talked about this for Carnival Row. Guys, we cover Carnival Row. Check that out. We talked about this for, my gosh, probably Spartacus, a few of them. And it's about the cowardice, right? It's the network's yeah. cowardice. Are you going to show us <laughs> some show male genitalia? <laughs> Are you going to show us female body parts, but not male body parts? It's got to be equal here. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you saw a shadow, Dave, that means that BBC and Netflix, they're not cowards. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it might have been me just hoping to see Backsack. And I just was like, okay, that's that was it. But yeah, I was actually surprised that he was. Uh, so willing to go for the baptism again, just to be the ruler of mercy. And I actually think that was a sign of maturity from him to just be like, I am just doing what's good for the people at this point in time. I don't care about like, he does care about himself, obviously, but he's like, okay, if it's just a baptism, like, even if I am baptized, I'm not going to see God as God still, you know? So no, I take it. I mean, you can take it that way. And I guess it's up for debate, but I take it how Utra jr. Was saying like, how. He's just kind of making a mockery of our our religion. He doesn't care about it. And I kind of like it for that reason. Mm-hmm. So either way, that. whatever one is the right reason of why he was doing it. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, either way, I agree. Yeah, but I think we Already. should move on to the final couple episodes of the, the siege around Wessex. Wow, this is a dude. Let's talk about the introduction of Sig Trigger. I mean, we'll get into this at the end of the episode. Our top three Danes. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert, he's in there for me. So, guys, let's talk about him. What do you th- what do you think about Sig Trigger? The I think the most intelligent Dane leader we've seen in the entire four seasons. I have he, high expectations. 
he's the first one that doesn't underestimate the Saxons. He's trying to yeah. understand the way that they think. So I, and I don't even think he 100 percent opposes them. You know, he's able to negotiate and make treaties if they're beneficial to him and his people. I really like that. That's where his head's at. This is the first time we've seen a Danish leader think like that, as we've kind of documented in this podcast episode. So it's refreshing. And so long as he doesn't have a heel turn, the likes of which Canute did or something like that. Uh, which I don't think he will now that he is in love with Stiora. And I think Ooh, it's going to be saying more love th- already. <laughs> I, said love first and I, yeah, yeah, I agree. He's I in agree. love with her. And I think she's leaning into it. And why not? If you're Stiora or Sig Trigger. Yeah, I agree, Jimmy. He's really good. And, he, and he's in my top three, too. Yeah, he's definitely got the coolest name, too, I would say. Mm. Of all of them. Uh, blood hair was kind of cool. I like blood. Hair. Yeah, but blood hair. Is I guess it's a nickname. Dude. That was a nickname, too, um, wasn't it? So, I think so. Luke didn't even remember it, so it must not have been that cool. He called him dog, dog hair. Dog he hair. Him- <laughs> <laughs> Blood dog. I was all over the place. Um, but I was actually looking some things up about Sig Trigger, and I don't know, like, like, you know, like, this isn't, like, historically accurate. Like, the names of people are very relevant to this time period, but who knows, like, what happened back in the day. And that's kind of the highlight of what Alfred's whole plot line was like the winners write the history and like people are left out and all this stuff, but maybe this is just a bad Google search. I don't really know, but they do mention um, that Sig trigger is the son of Ivar, the boneless. They do say that. Yep. And apparently Ivar, the boneless or Sig trigger. I forget one of those two is supposed to be the brother of Abba. Really? And also Ivar, the boneless was known as Ivar Ragnar's son. Because he was supposed to be related to Ragnar. I mean, they're wow. Okay. Because he's cousins with Canute and Canute was cousins with Ragnar. So I guess that would make sense. It, yeah. yeah it's just like they're making, I guess they're probably just using historical names to make it right. They're you not, know, to fit it and how they need to do make the show. Mm-hmm. But all that's kind of awesome. Yeah. But anyway, so like, was yeah, Ivor the boneless? Was he just like a blob or something? Like he didn't have bones or. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where <laughs> good one, bro. Oh gosh, I'm hilarious. But, uh, the actual characters of Sig Trigger, also in my top three, spoiler alert, he was yeah. amazing. First of all, I was convinced that he was um Dario Naharis, like the original Dario Naharis from Game of Thrones. I thought okay, they were the same person. The and I, I, from Deadpool One. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shocked they weren't the same person because I was <laughs> I really did think that he was. But um, he was incredible. The writing for him was so good. He had that Dane side, of course, of sacking um, Wessex and taking over the castle and not afraid to murder and be unmerciful when he needs to be. But at the same time, I loved his progressive speech to the Danes about no longer being led by anger and saying that that's a thing of the older generation, the older Vikings like Abba even says Abba's name. Like this is why they're all dead. And this is why we're going to change things up. He says that's the older generation. We're the new. And then like the fact that he was willing to actually listen to Uhtred and, and go through that whole motion of that epic conclusion where Uhtred brokers between Edward and Sig trigger, like all of that was only possible because of how, progressive and smart this dude is he's young he's very like aware of of pretty much everything in this time period like he says to edward you got a wife and a daughter you got vulnerabilities and like dave said he might now have vulnerabilities but he's just like so smart and strategic and he knows to eliminate all the weaknesses but at the same time being open-minded which is not something we really have seen from any danes except for utrid i guess 
So mm-hmm. just all in all, like he's a homie. And the fact that he likes Stiora and Stiora is awesome. She she's just a great Dane. Like all of it. Like it adds up to he's gonna be my number one favorite Dane, by the way. He's the fucking man. <laughs> I think you killed that. I think that was a great description of why we're all gonna love Say Trigger and the new new fresh perspective of the Dane that mm-hmm. the show is gonna provide. I think it's awesome. And I think now that I'm we're talking about it and this one quote that's really resonating with me right now is when Brita's talking to him when he's first introduced, talking about the Dane Slayer, Uhtred, you know, we got to get him. And he's like, I don't have quarrels with Uhtred. She's like, oh, he murdered our kin. And he's like, no, like, like, I don't see it like that. He didn't really harm me. I was focused on other things. And that quote is resonating because now that we're talking about their love interest, like if they are to be in a relationship and I had that theory that Sior is going to be a big part in uniting the Saxons and Danes, I think because Sigtricker doesn't have that hatred for Uhtred like all the other Danes did. That even opens it up more for me to believe that he's going to be on Uhtred's side potentially by the end of this as like, okay, like the love of my life mm-hmm. res- respects this man a lot. I'm also going to respect him because of that. Damn, am I scared for Stig Trigger to die now? <laughs> because we I like him. I think we should be. I well, think we should be too, to be honest. I'm well, he's got worried. step, or not step daddy, father-in-law Uhtred to protect him now. Hopefully. Dude, I would like Uchard to be my father-in-law. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He'd be a good one. He would be. Yeah. Um, I actually want to do a little bit of a comparison between Sig Trigger and Guthrum. You know how we see a little bit of Guthrum and his tactics, and him actually yeah. being intelligent later through his reign after Ubba dies. One of the things that I noticed is during the siege, we had a month siege in Winchester with Sig Trigger on the inside with Stiora. And he had Stiora reading to him pretty much the entire month. And she wasn't happy about it, obviously. She wanted to play games and probably want to do a couple other things with him, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but but he, did, he, didn't, he didn't do that. He told Uhtred. He promised Uhtred. He didn't shame her. But all the other Danes pretty much never, except Guthrum and Sigtrigger, cared about anything with like the written word or the intelligence side of things when it comes to how the Saxons value knowledge in that way. Um, so I thought Sig Trigger was an awesome character. Luke, you already nailed it. I don't have much to say besides that, but the one thing I will say, and I, and this kind of reinforced it to me actually in my rewatch, I hated his entrance in the first like minute he was showed because I don't know if we want to talk too much about it. We didn't really get into the whole thing with Brita being enslaved by the the Welshman. I did like to see her get her retribution because that dude was awful. Yeah. You know, that part was worth seeing. That was really good. Mm-hmm. When Sig Trigger came in and, you know, he came in and to save Brita, I actually saw him and he almost seemed to me like a cookie cutter Dane in the very beginning because he comes in. He almost looks like he's wearing a wig and he's just like, Rah! and he's just like he's screaming and yelling and he's not really doing anything. And then he says, like, I'm looking for Brita. And then once they start having their conversation, I'm like, OK, thank you. Like, he's not yeah. going to be. But in the very beginning, I even thought he like was the actor was bad, like because I thought the yells seemed like weird and fake. And I was like, oh, shit, this is so going to be a bad character. And then he ended up being our favorite. So after what you said with comparing him to Guthrum, I'm actually kind of and seeing that and you talking about that scene too. It to me, it's almost like he's a combination of just all the great warriors. Honestly, like he does have that bloodthirst and like he's a great fighter apparently, and he's willing to be a, a, not like he's not willing to be, but he can be a 
heartless Dane at one point, like kind of like Ubba or Bloodhair, but also at the same time, he's got that Gothrum intelligence, like X amount more so though. And he, mm-hmm. to me, he's almost like a little bit of all of them, like and especially with Eric. Now that he's tied to someone that you know was his enemy, so it's a little bit of all of them to me. Yeah, and I can yeah. link something to that because when the huge fight is happening after we charge through into um, Winchester. I, first of all, I did not think that the Uhtred thing was going to work when Sigtrigger just says, go get Edward and let's stop yeah. all this fighting. And then they start screaming and then they eventually both shield wall, which I'm happy it worked out that way. And shield wall become, plays another important part, which is always cool because we fucking love shield wall. Shield yeah. yeah. And just the way that like they start, you know, Uhtred kind of gets in the middle of them and says like, all right, let's, I think, I think it's actually gets transported to a different room and it's, it's Ethel fled Edward and Sig trigger just working out the deals of their peace treaty. And yep. Uhtred's like, all right, you guys deal with this. Like, I don't care. I'm walking away. And in that conversation, he says like, they ask him what he wants. And he says, I want land and peace. And he's kind of the first person that ever really verbalized as a Dane. He's the first Dane that ever really verbalized the idea of wanting peace and not just constant, just war. So he's the only one that was ever willing to really take land as compensation and just say like, go fuck off. You guys live there and be your own thing. So that that's unique. And that's unique for him too. The other Danes wanted to expand always. Like they were, they were all greedy in the fact that they wanted to get more land where he is just like, just give me something like a big chunk, obviously, still and silver, and I'll be good, and we won't fight. And yeah. that's, I do yeah. like that. They're either on the far end, they're like Brita, where they're just bloodthirsty and they want to keep killing, or they're like Dave is saying, and they just want to keep expanding, or both. Mm-hmm. And the only other person that I would say that was like Sig Trigger would have been Heston, except he was doing it for wuss reasons because mm-hmm. he was just like, because at the end, he's just saying, I'm ready to retire. <laughs> Pretty That's much, true. he's like, yeah. true. He, he was like, that. I want some money, and I want some land, I want a woman, and I'm out. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess he would have liked Sig Trigger's plan if he would have known that was actually the plan all along. But mm-hmm. Sig Trigger and Heston, I'm surprised Sig Trigger didn't take Heston out himself because Sig Trigger seems to see through people like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also like you were saying, Heston at this point in time <laughs> was on the come down of fighting and everything, so. He's he's an interesting character because I don't really know like where they're going with him because I envision all right you're you're being sieged for a month he steals Edith and throws her up in the attic basically I don't think it was implied that he was shaming her we're gonna say like no that. I seem like he was just quote unquote protecting her so that he could have her as his woman when the mm-hmm. time is right which like, I guess goes like along with his leave. goal yeah yeah. I just don't know if he's going to be anti Sig Trigger or like, is he going to be his own thing? Like, or is he going to like weasel his way into Sig Trigger's? You he's know, just so funny. Be- he's just it. hilarious because every season ends with him just like slipping away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where they're going with him, but I think he's got to be a wild card at some point to have feel- like payoff. I feel like he might not be a character in season five just because there will be. I a just time- told you we saw him, dude. Oh, true. And he's got a nice haircut. Don't true. Don't you- I'm, the only reason I'm thinking of this, yeah, sorry. The only <laughs> thing I'm thinking of is just that since he's been a since he's been one of the longer running Danes that we've seen, he's obviously been around for three seasons now. Three seasons, oh, so that's got to be like twenty ish years almost. And then you get this time skip, probably more than that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So it, it doesn't surprise me that he's coming down to you know wanting to start living a life. Now. He wants to move down to Florida and just chill. <laughs> 
given their history, it would make sense for Uhtred to get that kill because he's mm-hmm. threatened Ethelfled's life a couple yes. times, um, and then he left him for dead. So I think he might get hit on Uhtred's revenge tour. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if we're good there, I do want to talk about the very, very end of the episode because that's just too epic to skip over. Yeah. You know, do it up. Do our rankings and get the fuck out of here. So after the whole parlay between Sig Trigger Ethelfled and King Edward. It's time to freaking tell Uhtred the news. And I'm sure like they pick straws to say who's going to tell him this. So they end up. Well, I think it's Edward ends up walking up to him and tells him that in order for this deal to go through, the um, the, the collateral is going to be uh, Stiora. Stiora is going to go and live in Northumbria with the whole Dane tribe as they get their own land. Mm -hmm. And then this is, it was just so freaking well-written the speech that Edward gives because he ends up saying that Northumbria is the last kingdom. And to me, Mm -hmm. that was such a fucking big twist. And it's not even important in terms of plot. It's just such a big twist because it's called the last kingdom. We were told that Wessex was the last kingdom from episode one, maybe or mm-hmm. at least the first season. And it just mm-hmm. makes so much freaking sense that it is Northumbria because that house is Bevenberg. That's what season five is going to be about. And I just, for the name of the show to cause a twist like that and make me feel the way I did about it is just so awesome because it, I just didn't think it was going to be a relevant term. It's just what the show goes by at this point. And it just hit me right in the face. And I was like, that is freaking awesome. And King Edward's the one that tells Uhtred about it. And it just all makes it sense. It shows they plan this. Like it, there was a yeah. plan for it. Like, I guess it's based off the off books, the name, obviously. Yeah. So, but it did an excellent job. Go ahead. Tom. So I just wanted to say that. No, I was just going to say, I don't, even think that Northumbria is the last kingdom. I think it's still both true that from the point of view of the Danes, Wessex is their last kingdom, but from the point of view of Mm. Wessex and Alfred's bloodline, Northumbria is the last kingdom for United England. So the Mm. term last kingdom works perfectly because the running theme of this story is Saxons versus Danes, and those Mm. are their respective last kingdoms. I think it's perfect. That's how we've come full circle from one to five so poetic all right guys so we just went through season four we had a very epic ending we're finally all on the same page here i don't have any more knowledge than you guys do let's talk about really quick the trailer we we did a bit a little bit earlier we don't need to talk too much about it but pretty much what we can confirm from the trailer is that brita is going to be one of the big bads she seems to be creating People that are just like her, the Danes, they have a lot more rage. They're a lot more crazy. They're going to just be like bloodthirsty as hell. Then we're going to have Sig Trigger side of things where it seems like he's going to be the intelligent side with Stiora. Not we don't have to get too much into it, but it looks like Breed is still going after Uhtred. She's going after Uhtred's children. We saw a scene with young Uhtred having some issues. So do you guys have any theories that you want to bring up? For the next season, which is technically, if you're listening right now, today. So we will be starting today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I want to paint with some broad strokes, I guess. I'm not a big trailer guy. I think this one, as usual, gave away too much of the plot points. I would have liked to not have any clue where Burrito was going or what to do. But I was instructed to watch the trailer. 
What were my thoughts? I don't know. I think the broad strokes I want to make is Brita's not making it out of the season alive. I don't think Sig Trigger is making it out of the season alive. I think probably one of Uhtred's children is going to die. And I think Edward plus Uhtred equals Bebenberg finally going back to Uhtred. So my only question is what will be open-ended for the movie? Okay, so I might it might lead up to a battle of Bebenberg being the movie. Like if they queue it up so that all that's left is dealing with the cousin in Bebenberg, I think that'll probably be the movie. Ooh, that's a cool name for the movie. The Last Kingdom Battle of Bebenberg. But yeah, I agree that that we already know what the name is, though. Oh, wait, what is it called? (laughs) (laughs) I believe it's called Seven Kings Must Die. Oh, shit. Hmm. Well, that means Gutrid's coming back as one of the seven kings. I'll tell you that much. Can we name any more? Like, who can we name? So we have um, Edward. Would Ethelfled County? I mean, she's yeah. obviously not yep. a king. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, so Ethelfled, Uhtred's cousin, Whitgar. 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 Sig Trigger is probably going Sig to be Trigger. king. Guthrid. Gu- okay, that was the one. And then two more. I don't know. They could be introduced this season. That's true. We still have time to add some more players to the map. Mm-hmm. Uh well, do we know the king in Wales? I was thinking that too. Oh, so true. like could be the king of Wales and like the king of Ireland or something. Like would that could I guess be. that wouldn't fit. The Scotland, Scots have been yeah. raiding. Scots. Yeah. Also, there's two more English kingdoms, like East Anglia, Essex, and Sussex are still a thing, and we really don't tangle down there, but they're kind of in the southeast and don't mm-hmm. have any kings. Mm-hmm. Okay. East Anglia was Guthrid. And then, yes. or Guthrum, I'm sorry, Guthrum. And then they, we did hear that was what happened at the, in episode 10. Ethelflaed did take East Anglia, right? Mm, oh, okay, yes. yes. I think yes. you're right. They took it back from Mercia. Yeah. Well, that's what Ethelred was trying to do yes. when he was an idiot. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. so maybe, but still, there's a, there's some territory yeah, down there that could use a king. Season yeah, five is going to show us maybe the last mm-hmm. one or two kings. Season five, like my hope is that they do keep continuing to build up Uhtred's cousin. I can't remember his name. We just oh, said. Wh- Wickar. Yeah, Wickar, because as much as I hate him for, you know, his oh, little right. appearance was pretty good and that it will be satisfying for Uhtred to take it back from him. I think he needs a little bit more just oh. being shown to be a little bit, you know, having another reason for Uhtred to take him down. The one thing we didn't talk about is that he came with a ship full of like mercenaries that he collected from all over the world, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool that yeah. he has just this That's band badass. of skilled fighters. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he's packing. He, he reminded me of um, Euron Greyjoy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. yeah. I was going to say Theon's uncle. I it's couldn't that remember. blood. Fuck it's yeah. that the blood. Yeah. Euron. Yep. <laughs> I can't believe that that was right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You're right, though, Jimmy. He definitely is just coming mm-hmm. back and taking over what, you know, he was his. And he uh, brought the crossbow, the crossbow, which was apparently new to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. That'll be a huge. That might be that a could huge. Be big. That's yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't have any other theories, to be honest. I just. Yeah, you I guys like, already yeah, heard let's, mine. Let's so. go to the rankings. So the first thing I wanted to do before we got out of here and just a full four seasons view point now and you know jimmy knows everything we do we can kind of openly talk about these things and i posed the question to the boys in the group chat before the podcast i want an updated version all time including alive or dead of your three favorite danes and i can start i think it's obvious just how this podcast has been going sig trigger is my number one and he just came 
barreling down the road, just wow. kicking people out of the way, like to get to that number one spot. And it just, it, this end of the season was so good for him. I'm just so happy every time he's on the screen. I feel like he's not a scene stealer because Utrid, but other than Utrid, like he's just so great. He has like good chemistry with people and it's going to be really fun to follow him next season with Siora. Uh, my second one, I put Eric here because I thought Eric was the first real example we got in the series of someone that could be good and swayed and turned to the to quote unquote right side. Um, and just like his whole flip because of Ethel fled was awesome to see. And it, it flipped him so much to the point where he got killed by his brother. Like that whole storyline was really good. And I think we all agree that Eric was a was a fun character in the show. And then third, this is just going to be super surface level because he got me into this show beyond belief was Abba. Like he was just so pure Dane. And that was just such a good season one introduction to a badass warrior. And then the whole fight with Uhtred where he gets his Achilles sliced and then Uhtred respects him still enough to give him into Valhalla death. All of that was awesome. So I got Sig Trigger, Eric, then Abba. Let me just go next because our lists are actually very similar. The only reason I didn't have Sig Trigger on him on here is because... I think he's still too new of a character and knowing that he's going to be in season five, I'm leaving him off this list for the room to grow. So my number one favorite Dane, which I'm surprised you didn't have this Ragnar. Young or old? Young Ragnar. Young Ragnar. Number one, number two was Abba for me. And then number three was Eric, because like you said, I like that duality Mm -hmm. uh, personality that he had of being uh, good. So Ragnar won Abba too because I just loved that introduction to the show, seeing his ruthlessness. He was just so dope, and I loved him. And then mm-hmm. Eric three. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. So number one, I'm gonna put Ragnar the Fearless, and I almost don't want to count him because he only had the one episode, but we saw him through the eyes of uh, child Uhtred. So we mm-hmm. kind of saw him as a fatherly figure. He didn't give us a lot of reasons to root against him, even within kind of the small war council of the Danes. He was respected. He was a tactician. I think he came up with the plan that screwed over Uhtred, son of Uhtred's dad in the original pilot flight. He was just like, you know, lead him outside the city into the marshes. We'll whisper, do the shield wall, mess him up. And it totally worked. So Ragnar the Fearless, number one. Fantastic number two. death, too. His burnt yes. on fire. Oh, yeah. Yes. Bastard. And went to Valhalla. I and was going to have Ragnar's plural as my one, but <laughs> I was like, that doesn't count. But They're actually Ragnar I. Yeah. Ragnar yeah. I. So I respect the choice, B Toms. I respect it. Sweet. Number two is Sig Trigger. All the reasons we've laid out. I think he's great and I hope he sticks with it. And number three is Eric. Actually, Luke. My two through four is Sig Trigger, Eric, Abba. So if you take out Ragnar the Fearless, we have the same. Uh, But same reason as Luke. Eric was the first example of a Dane that was willing to yield to some semblance of the Saxon customs. And I appreciated him for that. All right, Jimmy, you don't even have to go because you just have Sven, Sven and Sven. (laughs) (laughs) Totally have Sven all the way down. Let me ask you guys a question here. This is one through three, meaning we actually are ranking them, right? We're not just naming three. I did. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Now, I'm ready to blow all your minds here because how do you guys not have Citric as one of your options? We talked about my, it. Yeah, we talked about it, but he's in one of my like, I just are you saying or are, are we assuming it was a Dane leader? Like, is that the question? I was taking it as as non 
I guess, main good guys. Like but like at okay. the same time, right. then I'll, yeah. because I also yeah. offered like I was thinking before the podcast, I was saying like Gisela, like could technically kind of fall in that category. Yeah, I mean, I took it as any Dane, but but if yeah, we're on Dane yeah. leaders, no, if it's Dane leaders, it's going to be very similar to you guys. My number one was young Ragnar. Mm-hmm. I just thought that the brotherhood between him and Uhtred was very, very good. He made some questionable decisions towards the end, obviously. But he but basically, just, he didn't have the knowledge that like he didn't know that Uhtred betrayed him because of the reasons he did, you know, so. Yeah, and I've brought it up on the podcast before. Just the brotherhood between the two of them, the hope to one day together kill Kiartan, the fact that he trusted Uhtred right away when Uhtred said he didn't kill um Ragnar the Fearless. And I just love the scene where Uhtred was the hostage in Guthrum's fortress and Ragnar saves him. I just thought Ragnar was a great character. He looked like a badass tattoo on the head, doing his mm-hmm. thing. Um, number two, Sig Trigger. Everything you guys already said, can't say it any better. He was just a really, really great character to bring in. I do understand what you're saying, Dave, giving him some room to grow. I do like that on your side. But I do think the last couple episodes gave him enough to show that he would be a top for me. And number three, I'm going surface level as well. Mm -hmm. Just a badass. I mean, we actually talked about the fact that most of the Dane leaders and warriors are almost surface level. And Luke, you said it yourself, like as long as you look cool, you're badass and you and you're a good fighter. We like you. Well, I was the number one for that pretty much. So I was my boy. If I can't have Citric, those are my three. I did have Eric as number four. Citric would have been number one over Ragnar, though. Citric would have been number one. I would have fell off. Technically, I think if that is how we could have done it, you know, Citric would have been. I also regret not having young Ragnar in mind. So I'm going to move on from that. (laughs) Um, Now we're going to do our three favorite characters. And I don't think we did an updated list of this. It's been since the end of season Two, I think, and those were only yeah. alive characters yeah. at the time, too. So, exclude and this is going to be all Uhtred. time. This is all time. Uhtred yeah. is obviously no, we're not excluding Utrid. <sighs> Come on, he's consensus well, that's why. That's why, also, I was going to say that Utrid count as a dame, but I figured nobody said Utrid, so we're just assuming I have not. my top four. <laughs> okay, I'll allow four. I have a top Uhtred. six. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want it in reverse order, though. Okay, all right, all right. Start yeah, then? go ahead, Dave. Number four. Oh, wait, were we doing four? Well, he he just he's adding Utrid to number one. Is is Utrid not anyone's number one? He's Utrid's number one. number one for everybody. Yeah, right? Utrid's number one. So let's do so, a top three without Utrid. Okay, so yeah. reverse order though, because Luke asked for it. So this would be top. This would be the fourth favorite character for me, Alfred. Just I know he had his ups and downs. He had a lot of high moments, and the the finale of his death with Utrid just poetic, beautiful. Absolutely loved Alfred, and I'm glad he had that redemption arc in the end. In my number three spot is Finnan. We love the Irishman. He's OG homie. I, Citric is right outside of the, like that. He's the mm-hmm. fifth, so it's close yeah. there. But Finnan t- takes the cake, especially after what I was saying earlier with him being the best friend for Uhtred, letting him cry in his arms. That just was such a great scene and how he was convincing young Uhtred that his dad was great. Just a great character. Then number two. Father Bianca, the homie. <laughs> tears, tears, I, tears. Dude, tears. I was legitimately crying when he died. I couldn't believe it. Um, just the man never made a wrong decision. Just had so many fucking amazing, not only just quotes with like putting ales within her place and just uh the guy who was tormenting Tura, you know, he put in his place for a little bit. And then he's also Scorpa. a badass. Yeah, Scorpa, and then he 
was a fucking badass on the battlefield, throwing Ucha the spear, killing uh, whoever that was in that, that moment. Was yeah, so Father Bianca number two and Ucha number one. I can uh, pick up. Yeah, d- yeah, do it, Brian. <laughs> I'm so I I think it's so funny that Dave keeps Bianca at number two. That's it, he can't move. It's unmovable. <laughs> Finn is the only one in my perspective here that can pass him. And I don't think that's happening. I'm actually so happy that we can do three besides Utrecht because my number three is like a slash and I couldn't figure out who it was going to be. So. So for me, we got number four is Finnan, just the ultimate best friend. He's number one right hand man to Utrecht and he advises him very well, which I appreciate. Not that Utrecht needs that much advision. But he gives it to him <laughs> at a very high level. I just questioned if that was a word for you guys that aren't on video. Uh, but we get the gist, obviously. Finn in number four. Number three, Father Bayaka. Wow. Rips in the chat. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he is Utrid's Saxon roots. Like to him, Bayaka was the last standing real family to him, and seeing mm-hmm. him get killed. Honestly, because Uhtred messed up and didn't really calculate what he was getting into, uh, that was just tough to swallow. But a legend of the game, Father Biaka, he's legend. he's number three there. Uh, number two is King Alfred. All right, beat Tom's. Let's go. We're the legacy that he order. left, he's still getting referenced. Everyone is still comparing people to him for his greatness. Alfred the Great. What what can you say? And I mean, we it. <laughs> Still, the most iconic moments of this series are when he squared off with Utrid, and his legacy is still alive and well. His his kids are making moves all throughout mm-hmm. England, and it's all because of his original vision. King Alfred was ahead of his time. He's number two. Utrid, son of Utrid, number one. Respect nice, nice, nice. We just we had the same characters, just different order. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in. No, let I'm me jump. I want you. No, to I'm like, jumping in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I was just going to say you should go last because you have the best vision of all this because you've gone through it twice. You've been able to sit on it for a long time. So I honestly feel like when we all go back and rewatch, we'll probably align closer with Jimmy. But if you want to go, you can go. I don't know. Nah, Luke, you can go. All right. So pretty similar. I'm only going to have one outlier here. But number four, I had Alfred. I just thought he had the perfect character arc and it can't be tainted at this point because that motherfucker dead. So (laughs) it's just he's pretty solidified. I'm sure at by the end of the series, including the movie, he'll be a top five, maybe six, depending on if we get introduced to any badass characters. Number three, Ethel fled. I just fell in love with her character, probably mostly in season three, like season two. She was introduced as a kid whatever it made sense like we got to know her a little bit and her personality she had to go through her hardships with ethel red and deal with all that and get that emotional baggage and life experience to be able to become who she is and she's just the perfect version i said she's just a better version of sansa and i I can't really say it any other way i think she's a perfect female politician that's having to deal with the customs of living a thousand years ago when their females don't have rights like i think she's amazing and she's alfred's kid and she just embodies it in she, my opinion way better than edward does she would have been six for me like right behind Citric. Yeah, i think she was right mm-hmm. there fucking yeah, again yep. <laughs> <laughs> love um, me some ethel fled baby. but so that was ethel fled number three i have an enormous gap mm. for my top two i think the only two that belong in um 
tier one are Finnan at number two okay. and then Edith at number one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uchard at number one. We got the Luffy Zoro at the top. This is exactly how I feel in yeah. One Piece. And then it just gap. Yeah. I yeah. think Uchard and Finnan are the only two that belong in that tier for me. And they're just the best. Their bro, their bro down ship is just the, the shit. And if Finnan dies in no. season five, man. No. I don't know if I'm watching this fucking movie. We're not speaking, <laughs> we're not speaking it into existence. There's no way. All right, take a right, Jimmy. Before I give my answer, Brian, what was your four and your three again? Your order. Finnan, Bayaka, Alfred, Uhtred. Okay, so we're homies, but it's a little bit flipped here. So I go, Bayaka's number four, Finnan's number three, Alfred's number two. Wow. Okay, so I had a different one. So I had Ethel fled as my runner up Mm -hmm. and everything you said, Luke, totally nailed it. I'm not even going to say another word because you nailed it. (laughs) Um, Pretty similar with Biak and Finnan. Don't need to say much more. Alfred is my number two. And I almost convinced myself of that last pod when we gave him his goodbye. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I can't copy what I said last episode i'm not even gonna try but i think one of the biggest things for me wasn't just the character but david dawson's performance as alfred yeah probably the best acting performance on the show i would say i would would agree with that and what you guys were all saying about the back and forth between alfred and utrid the scenes with alfred and utrid towards the end i put them in all time scenarios here with like all-time scenes all-time character development all-time mm-hmm. character confrontations so i think you just put alfred at number two for that reason alone if he's doing all this all-time kind of stuff for me where he's in my top 10 of all shows then he gets to be number two utrid of course is number one but i think we're all pretty much of singular minds here guys <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luke, like oh yeah me jimmy and brian had like four just different orders luke had three, but with Ethel Flood included. But and I had Ethel even, Flood as my runner up. And yeah. I had her and my brother runner up behind well Citric, I guess. But like I think our top sixes, if you if we were to do top six, we're not going to right now, but I think they would all be <laughs> just the same thing, just different orders. Yeah. Which is great. We love this fucking show, man. This oh God. On our next podcast, I mean, I guess at the end of season five, we're gonna do this again, but then we're also gonna have a section of least favorite characters ranked. Mm. One of the top three of those. Yep. With. Welcome to the chat. <laughs> Skade for Brian. Welcome to the chat. <laughs> uh, Brita's making a case. Yeah, I, oh, hate that the, yeah. I hate that this is not a one pony race, man. There are plenty of horses gunning for that number one spot, and I hate it. I hate watching it unravel. Yeah, he's so gonna have Ethel Wald in there. But he nah, might be. Sven's he's... gonna be in there. Okay, I hate Sven. Yeah, we'll be good. We'll we'll save it for. The <laughs> We're gonna have one. a great time with it. Tomorrow's the day, baby. We'll let's fucking go. Yeah. Do content, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Season five is technically here. If you guys are listening to this episode, enjoy your binge. This was one of the most fun pitch towns into additional episodes that we've done. The most. My fun. gosh, the last freaking kingdom. One of our favorite shows. One day we will be doing another drama slash streaming bracket of our favorite shows of all time. And now we will have four majority (laughs) having the backs of the last kingdom. But if you guys like what you heard, please, please, please subscribe to our channel, our YouTube and our podcast. You guys will be able to get all of our new episodes, all of our prior episodes of the last kingdom, the pitch town seasons one, two and three, our interview with Kiartan, the 
Cruel, Alexander Viom. That one was so fun to do. He was also Tom Marilyn in the Wheel of Time. Great interview. You guys can check that out on YouTube. A couple of the clips are on YouTube or any of your favorite podcast apps. Check us out at BingetownTV.com, at TV on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. It's all TV. If you guys want to support the pod, Patreon.com slash TV. We have two tiers. The first tier, if you just want to throw us a little support our way. The second tier is where all the exclusive content is. All of these interviews that we're talking about with the celebrities that are in some of our favorite shows, those are all on the Patreon, uncut video. We throw some of it on the YouTube, but all of it is on the Patreon exclusive podcast episodes. We're going to have a lot of fun stuff coming for that, guys. So check that out. Patreon.com slash TV. We will see you guys very, very, very soon for season five of The Last Kingdom. Destiny is all. Yeah, <laughs> I was go. going to say. It. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.